0: Hey, I'm Brandon. And I'm Hannah, and we're the pastors at New Community Church. Yeah, and it's our hope that this message inspires you to take your next steps in your faith journey with Jesus. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. Awesome. Can you put your hands together one more time for Jesus in this room? So glad you're here. Uh, this morning and we've got a great word man I, I just we're in the middle of a series it's part two so if you missed last week you only missed one uh, one part but we're, we're kind of as we're walking up to Easter we're taking some time to look at who uh, Jesus is, the God-honest truth of who Jesus is. Because there's lots of opinions, lots of hearsay, lots of stories, maybe even the way you grew up would would say, uh, determine who Jesus, how you view Jesus. And and that's significant, That has implications. In fact, we kind of began last week with this thought, and I just wanna throw it up for you, that the way, how you view someone determines the relationship you have with them. How you view someone determines the relationship you have with them. And I am convinced, and I'm sure you've seen it. I just believe that there are too many people who have a wrong view of God and what God, maybe who God is, but also what God. Wants for us, uh, and because of that, it has skewed their relationship with Him. They have a skewed view of God, and it skews their relationship with Him. I, I don't just think that's true of God or Heavenly Father, but I also believe that's true when it comes to Jesus. That often we have a skewed idea of who Jesus was, or maybe, maybe we wouldn't say it skewed so much as there's just some things we're just not sure is this really who he is. But can I tell you, if we do not come to grips with the God-honest truth of who Jesus is, we will never really fully experience who he can be in our lives. That's a good bueno right there, y'all. Come on. I I think that that's what this is about. It's not just about knowing a historical Jesus, but it's about understanding the invitation we have to know Jesus in the here and now. And that makes me excited. I really believe that this is a message that could change your life and change my life if we would sink our teeth into it and take hold of the God-honest truth of Jesus. Last week, we talked about Jesus being a teacher, not just a a good moral teacher, but the teacher, one who came not just to die for us, but to actually show us how to live the life we were made for. But beyond that, Jesus was also a miracle worker. And we're going to be looking at that today, Jesus miracle worker. You know, there's four documents in our New Testament called the Gospels, and those Gospels actually, uh, they're eyewitness accounts, documentation of Jesus's life. In those four Gospels, there are 60 different documented eyewitnessed miracles from Jesus. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He freed the troubled soul and the troubled mind. Man, there are stories of whole weekends where Jesus would be in a town and hundreds of people would come to see him and everyone was healed immediately and fully. Come on, y'all. That is that is good. Jesus had moments where people came by the hundreds and everyone was healed immediately and fully. God, and the best miracle of Jesus's life was the resurrection, that he himself was raised from the dead. It's what Easter's all about, but beyond that, it is what Christianity and faith in Jesus is all about. And the reason why Jesus did these miracles The reason why it matters to you and your faith is because only God can perform a miracle. Only God, only the God who created time and space and matter and the stars in the universe and everything that we see, only God that created nature and everything that is natural, only God who created every natural law has the ability to bend that natural law or to work outside of it whenever he chooses or however he chooses. Only God can do that. And when Jesus came to the earth and he fed thousands and he walked on water and people were amazed and astonished. Who is this Jesus? He came to say, I am God in the flesh. And if you want to know Jesus, come on, I'm I'm double clapping early. Y'all know this is getting somewhere. If you want to know Jesus and have that relationship that you were made for with him, you've got to know he's not just a man. He's not just a divine inspirational teacher. He's not just a religious leader. He is the one and only supernatural, unique son of God. Come on, give him some praise in this place. That is who Jesus was when he came And those are the things he did when he was here. But can I just help you out this morning? It's not just about who he was, right? It's about who he is and who he wants to be in you. Jesus said he came not just to die for us, not just to prove he was God in the flesh, but he came so that we might have a chance at a life where the same power and spirit that raised Christ from the dead would live in you and would live in me. He doesn't just want to be the miracle worker. He wants to be your miracle worker. He doesn't want you to just read about miracles. He wants you to live a life where you see God work in ways that make you say, only God, only God, only God. So today, I want us to lean into one of Jesus' miracles. It's actually the first one. And really, what I, I'm hoping you walk away with is I'm hoping today you will see how you can really know Jesus, the miracle worker, not just from what's printed on paper and documented from eyewitnesses, but that you would know it for your own heart and you would have your own eyewitness experience of the, mir- the miracle worker. And so we're going to look at that, and it's really today, it's all about one decision. I believe it's one decision. Many of you have already made that decision in the past, but I believe today can reinforce that one decision. But each one of us, we have to choose to live this way, decided to live this way, because I believe when we do, it will change everything. And and I can't wait to get it to you. We're going to look at the very first miracle. Jesus ever performed. It's found in our Bibles. We call it the book of John. It's a document. It's one of those eyewitness gospels that we talked about earlier. The book of John chapter two, you can click there or you can open there, but we're going to look at it on the screen as well. Let me kind of set us into this story so we can really take what God has for us. It says that on the third day, a wedding took place or on the third day of a wedding, we kind of can't tell because of the Translation, but anyways, on the on the third day of the wedding, uh, there a wedding was taking place at Cana in Galilee. This is a specific place. In other words, John saying, fact check me. This isn't long, long ago, some galaxy far away, not once in a, once along, I don't know how fairy tales, I haven't read a fairy tale in a while. Uh, once upon a time, thank you. Um, you know, it's not, it's not that it is on this third day of a wedding that took place in Cana, and Galilee, and here's who was there. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples, who had also been invited to the wedding. Now, just to break that down, you, you had to be someone of significance if you were going to get Jesus's mom and Jesus and his disciples all there. In fact, some scholars would say that the disciple who wrote this book, John, one of Jesus's best friends, that maybe this is John's own wedding. Interesting. We don't know that, but I just thought, you know, why not? Um, so, uh, so I mean, we don't know, but we just know someone had to be close enough to Jesus to get Jesus and the disciples and Mary's mother all there. And they said it was, and as I said, this was the third day of the wedding. Now, for 2,000 years ago in this culture, weddings didn't last one day or three days. Weddings lasted seven days. Man, can I tell you, after about an hour of my wedding, I had better things to do than to hang out with you. Come on, you can, I I did not, I was looking, aren't you glad that there's some things in Scripture we don't have to abide by anymore? Like, we don't have to follow, we don't have to have seven-day weddings, thank God. So, it was the third day, though, that something happened, and on that third day, a crisis arose and Mary took it personally we'll see it in the next scripture that the wine was gone now in the home I grew up with I was told that it was the grape juice that was gone but either way whatever you want to believe you just got to know that the Christ there was this crisis there was no more wine and and it was the third day and there were seven days we're not even halfway through and here's what we can take from that this is embarrassing This is embarrassing for one of two, maybe both reasons. Number one, either the host did not prepare well and they did not plan well for the party that was going on or the second thing was, maybe people were taking a little bit too much of grandpa's cough medicine you know what i'm saying like they just they were they were uh, they were diving in really fast and here's the host saying 3 days in we're out what are we going to do it was a public embarrassment and nobody really what we learn is that just we don't know who knew we don't know what the situation was we just know that mary took it personally and she turns to jesus when there was no wine jesus's mother said to him they have no more wine now you've got to hear mary's tone when she says this because mary's doing something that i call mom talk mom talk is when you say something but what you mean is not really what you're saying you know so, like, we, we have three kids. Our son will walk in the house from school. He'll walk in. He'll open the door, drop his book bag, take off his shoes, take his socks off, his jacket, his shirt probably, go to the pantry, open the door, leave it open. He'll grab the chip bag. He'll stick his hand in the chip bag, right? Hasn't washed his hands. He did not wash his hands at school. he stick his hands in that chip bag, kind of feels around for the good ones. Anybody? <laughs> Like he's getting in there. He wants these four. And then he just walks around the house. (laughs) You know? And Hannah can walk in the room and she can say, did you forget anything? And when she says that, my son has this look on his face where his head kind of cocks to one side like a puppy. And his mouth opens a little bit. And he's like, I know I'm not supposed to answer that question really. But no, I'm fine, <laughs> all right? No, that's called mom talk. What mom means when she says that is you're supposed to do something, right? It's not about whether or not you forgot something. I just want to let you know there's something you are supposed to do that you missed. And even if you're the son of God, your mother can pull a mom talk on you. Come on, isn't that encouraging for all of our middle schoolers who are here? Our middle school small group meets every other week and today they're here. So you can just know, even Jesus even Jesus had his mom pull some mom talks on him. And she says, they have no more wine. And so Jesus responds and says, "Dear woman, don't take that out of context. <laughs> That's not 2022, okay? Just just move on. Dear woman, remember this is about grape juice. Okay. Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. And his mother just, just did not even <laughs> acknowledge his question and said, she turned to the servants and said, do whatever he tells you to do. Say that with me. Do whatever he tells you. Good, I didn't know if y'all were going to what I said else. So here's what happens. Nearby, there were these six stone mason jars or stone jars that, that, that it was the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial, ceremonial washing. In other words, how they washed their feet when they would come in and each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, I want you to fill those jars with water. And so that's what they did. They filled those jars to the brim and he told them now, now that they're full, now that you've obeyed, now that you've followed, now draw some out and take it to the master. Nobody knew what had happened, but in that moment, the water turned to wine and the master of ceremonies at this place, he took the first sip and he turned to the bridegroom and he said, dude, most people will bring out the good wine first and then once everybody's had a little, they'll bring out the worst. But you, you save the best for last. And right after that, John kind of puts this note in the story to let us know that this miraculous sign, this miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed who he was, God in the flesh. And his disciples, they put their trust in him. As we were reading that story, we went past a word, really a phrase that really is what today is all about. It's the one thing for you to know. It's the one thing, it's that one decision you've got to make if you really want to know Jesus this way. It's back in verse 5. I'm going to show it to you. When Jesus' mother said to the servants, do whatever Jesus tells you to do. And I wanna let you know that if you want your life to count, if you want your life to matter, if you wanna make a difference, if you wanna see the power of God change your life and change this community and change this world, whatever he says to do, you gotta do it. Whatever he says to do, no matter how crazy it is, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how trying it is, even if it doesn't make sense, we're gonna be a people who whatever Jesus tells us to do, come on, put your hands together. We're going to do it, Nuko. We're going to do it. We're going to be those people that do that because we want to know who Jesus is, not just who Jesus was, but who Jesus is. Each one of us have this chance to do that, whatever he wants to do. I just felt like God's put a few things on my heart for this for you doesn't matter. Wherever he tells us to go, I'm going to go. Whatever he tells me to give away, I'm going to give away. Whoever he tells me to talk to, I'm going to talk to. Wherever he tells me to move, I'm going to move. Whatever business he's asking me to start, I'm going to start it. And if it doesn't make sense to me in the natural, maybe that's because he's setting me up for some supernatural. Come on, y'all. That's the kind of God we have. That's who Jesus is and it's who he wants to be in your heart, in your life. And I believe there's way too many people, way too many people who are waiting for God to tell them to do something that fits into their plans, that fits into what they've already predetermined to do. There's way too many people, me included, that we're just, we're we're asking God, God, just whatever it is, just make sure you ask me to do something that's reasonable because I don't want to look crazy, right? I just, God, whatever, but can I tell you, if God's going to change the world, and if he's going to use you to do it, it means he might have to do something new. You don't bring change to the world by condemning it, by critiquing it, you bring change when you introduce something new, and that's what he wants to do in you. It's what he wants to do through you. Let me just say it this way. I believe, and I'll put it up there, I believe too many Jesus followers They have become way too safe to be significant. Too many Jesus followers, they are living a version of Christianity, but they are way too comfortable and way too safe for God to really call them out to do something significant. And I believe we have an opportunity to change that. That does not have to be our story. And even if it's been our story in the past, God's not done with us now. Come on, when's the last time When's the last time that you took a step of obedience following God's word? And some people said you were crazy. Maybe you said, I'm just crazy. I remember a few years ago, it was January of 2020, when we uh, finally we had sold our home. We were living with my in-laws, which that was like heaven. Um, but we were living there, and we decided to move up into Hanover County. We had never been here, lived here. We knew a few people, but we did not know hardly anybody because God had told us he wanted us to start a new church in this area. And I remember that first week in January, I went to Kroger, uh, we are Kroger people, and I went to Kroger and, and I walked in the store and I... I'm the kind of guy that, like, I know the greeter at the at the door, or I know, like, I find the cash register, I know, and I go talk to him. like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. So, um, and so I didn't know, it's not that I didn't know anybody. I did not recognize anybody. These handover people look crazy. They all look strange. Like, I had to call Hannah and keep her on speakerphone to make sure I wasn't getting abducted up here. Like, I had no idea, and I came, I didn't really, but I came home, and I sat, I, I looked at Hannah in the face, and I said, What did we do? Like we had a stable job. We had stable income. We had stable friends and stable community. And we heard God tell us, and it's the only reason we did it. I did not want to start a church. I didn't have it in my five-year, my 10-year, my 15-year plan. But God told us to do it, and so we just stepped out to do it. And can I tell you if we would not have stepped out? we would not have seen God build a new community in the middle of a pandemic. If we would not have stepped out and done what God told us to do, we would not have seen these theater doors stay open when regals around the nation were closed for 2020. Come on, y'all. It's good. If we had not have stepped out, we would not have seen 71 people say yes to Jesus for the first time and eternity be changed and their families be changed. Come on. And that's what God invites us into. That's the Jesus. That's the Jesus you were always made to know. A Jesus that is far greater, far bigger, so much more than what you could imagine or even ask for. That's the Jesus. And, and I just believe we're called to live that life where we will do whatever He says. You know, it's beautiful. About this story. Jesus could have turned water into wine. Without the servants. But it's just something about who God is. That God will use imperfect people. To fulfill his perfect plan. God will partner with you. To do the things that he's been so passionate about doing in this generation, in this community, just because it's part of how he wants to fulfill his perfect plan. And so if you want to disqualify yourself because of your past or because of what you believe or because of how you think, if you want to disqualify yourself, you are disqualifying someone God has already qualified. You are disqualifying some, someone that has been nominated by God to see the impossible. That's good. I wrote that. I believe God wants to get it into your heart, man, that this is what you were made for. So how do you do that? How can you truly live a life where you are following Jesus, whatever he says? I think there's three things in this story that we can pull out and see this is exactly how you live that kind of life. Three things, I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Number one, we have to live close to God. Live close to God. I love who Mary chooses. Mary chooses the servants who are in the closest proximity to Jesus to really experience this miracle. Isn't that awesome? And I just believe that you and I were created to live close to God, that it's about you and me deciding we're going to get so close to God. Did you know something that God is a close talker? You have any friends who are close talkers? I know in COVID, we lost all those friends. Like, those were the friends, like, we're not going to their house. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, but God is a close talker. He wants us to get so close that we can hear his whisper that we can hear his voice. And maybe God is inviting you today just to press in a little closer, to get a little more hungry, to get close to God, to live in such a way that you would hear his voice and hear him say something nobody else has heard him say because you're just that close to him. Because when we're close to Jesus, that's where the action is at. Come on, y'all. Where Jesus is at, that's where people are healed. That's where people are freed from addiction. That's where people who are stuck in their darkest day can see the light of life and find new hope and new breath in their lungs. That is exactly what it looks like to live close to Jesus. And I believe it's when we are in that close proximity that we can really experience his voice and experience his miracles we need to get close to God there was a poll I've actually shared this before but it was just so relevant I had to come back to it there was a poll done for Christians in America last year that said that the average Christian in America spends one minute a day in prayer that same group of Christians spends an average of 145 minutes a day in social media I'm in that group y'all Like, and I just believe, uh, no wonder. No wonder we do not have God's divine insight and power in how we are walking and living our days. I cannot blame our government. I cannot blame our society. The revival does not need to happen out there. It's got to happen right in here, right in you and in me. We've got to get so desperate to get close to God, to be able to spend time with Him, press into Him. I believe it's the life we were called for. And when I think about the compassion that God has on those who are far from him. When I think about the compassion God has on those who are hurting, those who are alone, those who are so broken and isolated in their mental mess right now. People who have, who are contemplating suicide. When I imagine the brokenness of families that's all around us, the children that are in foster care and there's no one willing to take them into their homes. And I'm asking questions like, where are we? Where where is the church of God where is our voice why are we not leading and I just think maybe maybe it's because we're not that close maybe we don't care about the thing God cares about maybe I don't care about the things you care about Lord because I just have stopped getting close to you we've got to live close to God we get one chance we get one life to experience him. To experience and be a part of his perfect plan. Come on, let's get close to him. I'm definitely not perfect in this area. I'm not. Not even close, but I can tell you any time I've made the decision to press in, and often this is what it looks like, it'll be a season for me of fasting and praying. And not. I'm not like, please don't put me... Th- It's nothing that you can't do. It's not like super, super spiritual. It's just intentionally taking time to say no to other things in my schedule and in my time, so I'm saying yes to God. And any time I have done that, this church was birthed out of a season of prayer and fasting for Hannah and I. There were There's vision, things God has asked us to do, things God has asked us to give, people we have partnered with financially in the kingdom. It's come out of times of prayer and fasting times. I, I cannot remember a moment where I have chosen to Got, to get close to God and he has not told me something to do. Let's get close to God. Let's be a people who get close to God. That's the first one. I got two more. We'll never get out of here if I don't move on. Good? Which I'm okay with, but I want you to come back. So, We've got to live close to God, but here's the second one. We've got to experience, we've got to, excuse me, expect to receive From God. I already said it this morning, but I just believe God has you here to raise your level of expectation that he is a God on the move. He is not just a God of history, but he is a God of today. And the story he wants to write today, he wants you to be a part of it. He wants you to expect to receive from him, to expect from hear, to hear from him. But I, I believe that we've, we've just, uh, you know, I, I love what Mary said. Mary said this, before I get to who we are. Mary made it so clear to the servants in the story Who their source was, their source of direction and their source of provision. Like, listen, we're out of wine, you better just turn. To Jesus, and I think that's so good for you and me to see, and you and me to hear, because in our world, Jesus has become a source, but He was always meant to be the source. Right? We've made our career a source. We've made our opportunities for our children a source. We've made a good education our source. We've made good healthcare our source. We've made so many other things a source. But can I tell you, you were made for a life where Jesus was the only source. He. Was was the one you turned to he was the one you you went to and yes he wants to bless you with great things and he has blessed us but even God's blessings were never meant to be the source come on that's a good bueno right there even God's blessings were not meant to be your source he was supposed to occupy that in our lives, Jesus and Jesus alone. And I believe that God wants us, he loves for us to expect him to move, to expect him to speak. When we see a need, Jesus, what do you see? When we see a a, a broken heart, Jesus, what do you wanna say? When we see an opportunity, Jesus, how do I say yes? When, When we see those things that he becomes the source and we expect to receive from God. We've got to live close to God. We've got to expect to receive from God. But here's the third one. I want to spend some time here. We've got to learn to obey immediately and to obey fully. We've got to learn to obey immediately and to obey fully. And I believe this, this could be the difference maker between experiencing and knowing Jesus as a miracle worker and kind of always living, not knowing if that's really who he is. This could be the difference maker. But I believe that when we have courage enough to do what it says, to do it, Fully, when we have courage to give. Can I just remind somebody today? It doesn't matter that what you have to give, it does not matter where he's asking you to go. It doesn't matter what the sacrifice is. On the other side of that obedience, God is willing to give you way more than you ever have to give up. Come on, and I just believe that often when it comes to obeying fully and when it comes to obeying immediately, that often has to do with me letting go of something. Me opening my hands and saying, God, this isn't mine, it's yours. Me opening my hands and saying, God, I'm not gonna hold on to this, but I'm gonna hold on to you but I just I know it this is something for someone in here to hear today that if God wants you to let go of what's in your hands it's because he wants to release what's in his come on he wants to pour something into your life he wants to pour some hope into your heart he wants to pour some supernatural that you could never accomplish on your own into your life so that you could know who he is that you could know Jesus in this way you can know him. And I just believe. And let, let me just talk about a we for a minute. Man, God did not, God did not call us to start a new code. Not just me and Hannah, you, you are part of this. God did not call us to, to start this just so we could sit in a movie theater once a week. But there's so much more God has in store for you and me. There is so much more he wants to do through a new community who lives close to him, who expects to receive from him, who will obey immediately and will obey fully. And I know it's scary. I know those moments where it feels like you're just on the edge and you're stepping out. But man, right there, right there is where you get to know God like never before. And it doesn't matter what other people think. It does not matter what other opinions you hear. When you know God in that space, you know God. It was... In that story where Jesus told the servants, he said, Hey, I, I there's some waters. There's some water buckets, or I just want you to go fill those jars with with water. And I just sorry, I'm, that was a poor placement. So here's what they did. They just got some water. And they just Start filling it up. Now you gotta you gotta remember this is at a wedding. In other words, everyone else is doing what's normal at a wedding. They're dancing. I won't scare you, but they're dancing. They're they're eating that chocolate fondue, you know? Like they're um they're waiting for that cake. That's seven days in. When is the cake? How long do I have to stay? My word. And here are these guys just filling buckets. Just filling buckets. Everybody else is doing what's normal, but you know what they're doing? They're just filling buckets. Here's what it looks like for you. You know, I, I think people might have been asking, hey, come on, come on. Come on, we're having a party. Come on. Potentially this is John's wedding. We don't know, but hey, it could be. A lot of grape juice going around. And they're just saying, nah, I I gotta fill some buckets. And I think this is what it can sound like to you. Hey, why why aren't you why don't you have a normal weekend? You know, why, why don't your kids, why don't you have your kids doing normal things? Why, aren't you, why didn't you pick a normal school? Why didn't you pick a normal job? But I, can I tell you, your life will be marked by the moments that you decide to fill some buckets while everybody else is doing something that's normal. Where you decide, I don't care how crazy it looks. I don't care what everybody else is doing. But when Jesus tells me to do something, I'm just going to do it. When Jesus tells me to do something, right here, God's speaking to some of you right now. He's already spoken to you. He's just telling you to fill some buckets and you know what that looks like. And you just never know. You know what's incredible about this story? You can read back through it. I encourage you to do that in in John chapter 2. The water is filled to the brim in the jars. In other words, it wasn't until the servants decided to move that they saw a miracle. It wasn't until the servants decided to be obedient to what Jesus was saying that they saw him turn water into grape juice. Y'all, you never know what's on the other side of your obedience and what God wants to do. I want you to stand right now because I believe that today, this morning, 10 a.m. in Glen Allen, Virginia, God wants to speak to some of you about taking a step of obedience, about taking a step of trust, about taking a step of faith. And who knows what God wants to do in you? Who knows what God wants to heal in your family? Who knows what God wants to do through you for this community? If we wanna see our marriages change, if we wanna see our life change, if we wanna see this neighborhood change, this community change, this generation change, we have got to move We've got to move when he says it. We've got to move when he calls us. And we cannot leave here this morning without taking a step of movement. We never, we have never in this space had a moment where we've called you up front, but I felt like God said, Brandon, do not speak this word if you don't give people an opportunity to move. And so we're gonna just finish singing this song, Waymaker, we're gonna have a moment, but here's my invitation to you no matter who you are with, no matter where you are with Jesus, no matter how many weeks you've been coming to Newco, if God is speaking to you to follow him, to press into him, I want to invite you right now before we even start singing, Right now, would you come up to the altar? I know we don't have an altar, but would you just come up to the front, fill up these aisles? Would you begin moving to Him? Because I believe God wants to begin to speak as you get close to Him. There's a promise in the Bible that when we draw close to God, He draws close to us. And it's not too late for you. It's not too late for your story and what God wants to do. So come on, would you move forward? Would you come and press in towards God? Let's all do that as we sing this together. Let's believe that God's in this place. God, come speak to your people. Speak to your children, your sons and daughters. Come on. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey with Jesus. Yeah, and we'd love to connect with you further. And the best way to do that is at our website the newcommunity.church where you can connect to our small groups find other resources and even give to the work God's doing through new community.